Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. This is Elizabeth Vargas. Sirius XM's Megyn Kelly and I will be moderating the next Republican presidential primary debate tonight, only on News Nation. For everyone from players to parents, football offers unlimited growth with even more to learn. Visit futureforfootball.com to get ahead of the game. Find out where to play, what equipment to use, and get the latest from leagues around the country, including pro tips and parental info from the experts. These resources make it easier than ever to create your plan and make your play. Life is full of moments, including difficult and disruptive ones like a cancer diagnosis, which is why the groundbreaking work of Stand Up to Cancer is so vital. They bring together top minds from different fields to find new and better treatments so patients can thrive. Please join Stand Up to Cancer and Myrtle Beach to help families get back to where they belong, making new memories for years to come. Go to StandUpToCancer.org to see how you can join the mission. Well, day one in the White House? And did you see why President Biden went before the cameras after raising questions about why he's running again? And did we just witness a brand new era for Republicans in Washington? As Kevin McCarthy says goodbye, let's get going. And thank you for being here with us on the Hill. I'm Blake Berman, hanging out here in Alabama today, along with Johanna Mosca, former Obama administration official and News Nation contributor. Chris Dyerwalt, News Nation political editor and senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Morgan Ortegas is the former State Department press secretary and host of the Morgan Ortegas Show on Sirius XM. And Mick Mulvaney, former White House chief of staff under President Trump and News Nation political and economic contributor. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. Well, there is perhaps no greater sound in the state of Alabama than hearing the shoulder pads pop inside Bryant-Denny Stadium. That is just behind us, as you can see there. That's going to be the case tonight, by the way. They have the big high school football state championship game, the 7A division, uh, just a couple hours from now inside that stadium. But this is the main event on campus tonight here at the University of Alabama and where the sound will resonate from coast to coast. That right there, a live look at the Frank Moody Music Hall, the site of tonight's News Nation GOP presidential debate. Three hours away to four candidates who are fighting for their political lives. With the stage set, here are just some of the headlines. New York Times today, quote, football aside, Alabama is at the center of this week's big debate. And then there's locally, Alabama.com, abortion, immigration, space command, 
what to watch for during the GOP debate in Alabama. Hello to you all. It is a big day. It's a beautiful day, by the way, here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Nice to be with you all. Um, This is a big moment for the Republican Party, Mick. Uh, What's at stake here tonight? Uh, Just about everything, if you want to be president of the United States. Um, My guess is there may be one or two candidates that come out of this and stay heavily involved in the race going into Iowa. It's a big night tonight for Chris Christie. It's a big night tonight for Vivek Ramaswamy. If the RNC continues to raise the thresholds, it might be the last time you see these folks on a national debate stage. Last time, Morgan, potentially? I don't know. We'll see. I mean, they all seem to like attention. They've been in politics for a long time. Uh, I think it's, it's going to get spicy tonight, my prediction, okay. between DeSantis and Haley, because they are really the only two that are the that can actually be a viable alternative to President Trump. President Trump, former president, is still widely ahead in nationwide polls against the two of them. But when you talk about the money and the funding uh, and the polling, it's only, it's only DeSantis or Haley that can credibly say I'm the number two. You think she's right there? I mean, obviously the question is, you know, oh, they got to take on Donald Trump, but but someone's got to rise to be the, the main challenger, right? Or not necessarily? Well, let me tell you something. Okay. Uh, I've been part of trying to put this debate together for mm-hmm. more than a month. And I, I do not mean to be boastful about News Nation. <laughs> and I do not mean to be boastful about the quality of our moderators. But I will say this is going to be a hell of a debate. And mm-hmm. it is going to be a hell of a tough debate. Okay. And these questions are different there are topics that these candidates have never heard before. Uh, there are questions about their own careers, their own views that they have not been called to address before. This is going to be substantive. It's going to be worthwhile. It's going to be worthy of the office. But it's going to be a hot ticket. You, know, you talk about the questions. That, that Alabama.com uh, headline was interesting, right? Because like I was like, oh, Space Command. That's right. That's a big deal. I, I don't want, I, I, I'm not permitted. I'm okay. not authorized to give away any of the topics. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm you, not poaching. But. Space Command, I do not believe will be on. <laughs> okay, all right. Good Although, I, I do think we underestimate the importance of Space Command. Look, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that it is just to to, uh, you know, people who are going to be able to keep going on. I was looking back in 2007. I was freezing cold in Des Moines, Iowa, and every else, everywhere else throughout that state. And I was working for an underdog candidate. And I was looking at the polls a week away from today. So after what would be this debate, it was Clinton had about 50%. Obama had about a quarter the the uh, support. Edwards had 15%. And you had Biden at 3%, Richardson 2%, Kucinich at 2%. You know, these things right. can change on the dime. And we're going to see these candidates make their case tonight. And that is important. So, so Johanna mentioned Iowa, right? News Nation. National network, as we know. Uh, up and coming, getting pretty big. Uh, but I wonder how much these candidates tonight are focused on talking to a national audience versus talking to voters in Iowa, New Hampshire, South Carolina, and Nevada. Well, it's both because, you know, News Nation also has channels yeah. in Iowa. <laughs> no, go ahead. Look at Ron DeSantis, for example. Yes, he needs to, the, to speak to the folks in Iowa, but he also needs that national attention. Folks have sort of gotten the impression he's losing his momentum, etc. Everyone's looking at Nikki Haley as the potential sort of biggest challenger to Donald Trump. Part of that is because of the national narrative, not necessarily what's happening on the ground in Iowa and, say, New Hampshire. So DeSantis is speaking. They're all speaking to both. How do they talk to those specific Iowa voters, but also try and generate a little bit of national momentum? 
Yeah, you know what's interesting? I've been looking and paying attention a lot to what the super PACs are spending mm-hmm. um, and who's going after whom. And you still see the Trump campaign going after and, and the affiliated super PACs going after DeSantis. Trump himself has gone after Haley a little, but you're not seeing it in any spending whatsoever. And Stand for America, the Haley Align PAC, is up at almost $25 million that she spent um, wow. in October, sort of, you know, really... Uh, uh, coming over everybody else. So, you know, it's interesting from the perspective of you put your money where your mouth is. And if you're doing that and you're the Trump campaign, you're making, they're trying to make sure that they can bury DeSantis. That's their goal. The audience is? I mean, the audience is right here in Alabama, Super Tuesday state. No no question about about that. that. Uh, That's important. The audience is, uh, as Morgan alluded to, donors, activists, the people who are the most engaged, who are looking to make that decision. But I think the most important point here is this isn't just the last debate of 2023. It may be the last debate, period, right? Mm-hmm. This may be the, la- the last yeah. one. The RNC may be getting out of the debate sanctioning business. So this is sort of a closing argument. There are only two, there are only two contenders left in this right. field right now. And the Republican voters are going to have to make a choice if they want to have somebody go the distance. So not here, of course, tonight on the stage will be Donald Trump. Right. For the fourth time, he has decided not to show up to a debate. I asked uh, Sean Spicer, the former press secretary, uh, the first press secretary for the former president, whether or not he agreed, whether or not that that's that's the right move for Donald Trump. This is what he told us yesterday on the show. Because it makes sense. Uh, I wouldn't come I wouldn't come if I were him either. His lead is huge. He understands what's at stake. But I'll tell you, getting back to what tomorrow's all about, this is a nationally televised debate from yep. here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But the only thing that matters are the 200,000 caucus goers in Iowa. Hmm. If you don't get a ticket out of Iowa, your campaign is over. You both said you both nodded your head. Yes. Yeah, I, there's everything for him to lose uh, to, by showing up to debates. If he was my candidate, if I was running his campaign, I think I'd tell him yeah. not to show up either. Makes yeah, sense. But, I mean, News Nation did a major poll we're going to talk about throughout the whole show. Yeah. But one of the things we learned from this poll over the weekend is he's polling at 60 percent nationally. He's leading by 45 points at the least. I think it's actually 50. When you're leading by 50, you don't do anything to give the folks in second and third a chance. It's the right move for him not to be here. You said well, delegates. You know, this is my we saw one election after January 6th. Morgan and I were there. We thought we knew what was going to happen, and we didn't. And, you know, throughout the night, you saw some states really turn away from the Trump, you know, Trump part of the Republican Party. And so I don't think that we should be predicting right now, because you have in these states a lot of places you could pick up some delegates here and there. You've got big states voting, and you have to get to 20%, but you may see some states go very far away from Trump. We don't know yet, and so it is too early to predict that. All right. Meantime, this afternoon, each of the candidates did a quick walkthrough of the debate stage and the music hall. Uh, They arrived just a a little while ago. They they do this to sort of get a feel for the place. Earlier today, I had a chance to get a a behind-the-scenes look at where those candidates will face off. All right, so welcome inside the concert hall inside the Frank Moody Music Building on campus. This is just a handful of blocks away from our set on the quad, the center of campus. Uh, But this is the walk that they'll make, the candidates will, from off the stage onto the stage. And when they get here, this is what they're going to look out to and see. uh, Where they will be standing, the four podiums, Chris Christie, see the, uh, the placard right here. He will be next to Nikki Haley in the center, Ron DeSantis in the center, And then uh, here's Vivek Ramaswamy as well. Uh, They're going to be a few feet away from each other, pretty uh, close to each other. I don't know, maybe three, four feet or so. And then when they look out, uh, the moderators sitting maybe 10, 12 feet in front of them. And then the audience, the crowd, 
family, friends, campaign, whoever was lucky enough to score a ticket to tonight's debate. All right, so that's the scene there just down the, just down the road from us here. And as we count down toward the fourth GOP debate, what are the polls saying about the race? Uh, Mick Mulvaney, hello, you've written a new uh, op-ed in The Hill. Tell me about it. Uh, some really good polling data from News Nation. They had about 3,000 people they'd talked to over the past week or so about what's happening in the Republican primary. So top-line numbers you would expect. Donald Trump, 60%. That's actually probably a little bit better than a lot of folks thought. Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis tied for second. That's about what everybody thought. There's a couple of different things in there when you dig down into it that are interesting. 29% of Trump voters say that he should be disqualified. These are Trump voters now. Should be disqualified from the ballot if he's convicted of a crime. I thought that was very interesting. The second very interesting piece of data was the folks who talked about their favorite second candidate. Mm -hmm. So if your candidate drops out, who are you going to support? Ron DeSantis is crushing it in that category. 35%. He's up by 20% on the next candidate. Who is Vivek Ramaswamy? Mm -hmm. Which tells you that Nikki Haley is actually third on that favorite second. As you sit here and try and consolidate the anti-Trump vote, which is what all of them are trying to do, that 35% speaks to a strength in DeSantis that I think a lot of folks aren't feeling right now. Interesting. All right. Let's bring in uh, Decision Desk HQ's Data Science Director, Scott Schraner. Uh, Scott, hello, uh, remotely. Saw you for breakfast this morning in the hotel. Uh, nice to have you back uh, there in the spin room. Uh, what did you make of Mick's story and the and article and, and the polls uh, that he's referring to that you conducted? Well, Mick is a master of pulling out the nuances of the poll. I think he hit on the high points pretty well, especially that 30% of the Republican electorate that thinks that uh, conviction may be uh, disqualifying. That seems like a lot, but... Again, 70% of the Republican electorate doesn't think it's a major issue. And if you look at Donald Trump's support among a GOP electorate, he is stronger today than when he was 40 days out of the Iowa caucus in 2016. Now, he didn't win the Iowa caucus in 2016, but he went on to crush um, in that primary as well. So the poll overall says Donald Trump's in a commanding position. We're going to have to see these other candidates do something tonight as we're 40 days out from Iowa. Hey, hey Scott, real quick, the the most to, to gain tonight... Uh, and the most to lose. Give me a couple names as you see it. I would say Ron DeSantis probably has the most to gain. He's had a rough week um, polling-wise, fundraising-wise, and just campaign operations-wise. Um, so he's got to have a good night. Nikki Haley, obviously getting a lot of good poll momentum, fundraising momentum, campaign operations momentum. She's got to have another good night. She has a, a decent amount to lose. Everyone's talking about Vivek, but you know we've seen his numbers go up and pretty much flatline the last month. Um, those are the three. You could say Chris Christie. Hey, he's made it in the debate in the last day, so he's got at least only upside. Um, but I think the real focus is going to be on Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Got it. All right, Scott Trainer uh, from Decision Desk HQ. Scott, thank you very much. Have fun tonight. All right, well, if you are thank on you. the go tonight, you can still follow the debate live on our live blog uh, on the News Nation app, on our website, newsnationnow.com, and on our News Nation account on X. Well, coming up, it is crunch time for the GOP presidential candidates, just over two hours away from the debate. So what is in the playbook for each candidate in a state that loves its football? Steyerwalt's got the analogy, and he's breaking it down on the other side of the break. And speaking of football, they couldn't be any happier about it here in Alabama. But it is a whole different story in Ron DeSantis' home state of Florida. Florida State left out of the college football playoff in favor of the Crimson Tide. You might know, but have you heard what the governor now wants to do about it? Why state funds and lawyers could be around the corner. Is this the right move from the governor who's going to be on stage tonight? 
We are broadcasting live from the University of Alabama for tonight's GOP debate. It is 8 o'clock Eastern right here on News Nation. The Hill, live from Tuscaloosa on a beautiful day. You see that tent there on the left? That's us. We'll wave hello and we'll see you on the other side of the break. All right, welcome back here to The Hill on News Nation, live once again uh, from the campus of the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, ahead of tonight's News Nation GOP debate, two hours, 42 minutes from now. Uh, the debate stage, do we have a picture of that? Not sure, uh, but uh, that's where the candidates will be uh, just a, a little while from now here in Tuscaloosa. All right, so it is crunch time, of course, for the presidential candidates, just over two hours away for tonight's debate, as they can... Uh, try to make their case once again on what they plan to do as potentially the next commander-in-chief. So what do their game plans need to be tonight? Steyerwald is here to break it down. Chris? Now, you've always wanted me to be your Lee Corso. You've always wanted me That's to be That's one way here. to put it. That's right. You've always wanted me to be here, an old person who would, no. give, who would give you <laughs> insights from my, my crusty experience, my long and crusty experience uh, in the game of politics. And since we are at the University of Alabama... Uh, the uh, the campus, other than, of course, uh, my people at Morgantown, West Virginia, West Virginia University, uh, people who may be the craziest about college football in America. Why don't we do it here? So let's have the game plan for the candidates tonight. Let's break it down for their game plan. What does Ronnie D., Ron DeSantis, what does he have to do? First key to the game for him, special teams. He's got to be able to do more, do different, surprise. He's been doing the same thing over and over in these debates. He's got to change it up. He's also got to be a pocket passer. What that means for non-football fans is when he's under pressure, he's got to be able to move around back there. He's got to be able to have quick legs, think fast, and deal with all those attacks. Last, bowl eligibility. He can do a lot of things, but he cannot lose his status right now. We talked about it before. The most viable candidate uh, right now, the number two to Trump. That's what he's uh, afraid of losing, but he can't lose coming out of this. Nikki Haley, what's her game plan? Offensive line. If you want to be able to attack, you've got to be able to defend. She needs to be able to deal with what is going to be a ton of incoming from Vivek Ramaswamy, a ton of incoming from Ron DeSantis. She's going to be getting it from both sides. She needs to be able to continue to move the ball forward while she's under this withering uh, attack. Game tape, what do I mean? Game tape means they've been watching her. She stunned them in the first debate. She surprised a little bit in two and three. They have been watching her moves. They know that she's good at this. She's not going to surprise anybody this time. They've been watching her game tape, so she's got to be able to deliver. Number three, be a bear. What does that mean in Tuscaloosa, Alabama? It means be like Bear Bryant. Be tough. Be stateswoman-like. Come hard. Set that jaw. Look like you are the boss. I, I don't recommend a houndstooth hat, but you get the idea. Vivek Ramaswamy, what's his game plan? Sack the quarterback. And in this case, that quarterback is Nikki Haley. She's, he's got to get in there. He's got to knock her down. He's got to keep knocking her down. Why does he need to do that? Well, it's game tape for him, too. Uh, he knows the truth that the MAGA part of the Republican Party will be looking to him to see. They're going to review his record over time. Is he a guy who was really tough on the uh, conservatives, really tough on the traditional Republicans? Is he really a new leader in this nationalist Republican movement? They're going to watch and see. Last, pass interference. Uh, as he tries to do this, he's going to be getting interfered with. He's going to have people coming in, not only three very tough moderators, Fair, but very tough moderators, but also Chris Christie. 
which brings us to Chris Christie. What's his job? Linebacker blitz. The linebacker comes from one row behind the line and plows through. That's what I look for Chris Christie to be doing tonight against Vivek Ramaswamy. I think he's got a score to settle. He's got to think about being a legacy program. What do Republicans think of Chris Christie? This is probably his last time on the debate stage. What do they think about him going forward? Do they remember him for the way he took out Marco Rubio? Or do they remember him for something that happens tonight? He's got to think about that. And last, trick plays. Chris Christie, uh, as the great philosopher Chris Christopherson said, (laughs) freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. And if you know that this might be your last time, might as well try some trick plays. Might as well mix it up. Starwall breaks it down. Hut, hut, hike. Hut, hut, hike. Anyone take any exception to that? Well, you know, I just say I love the football analogies. I was a football cheerleader (laughs) in in, uh, Galesburg, Illinois. So, you know, cheering tonight. I was not told that I needed to know sports tonight. <laughs> for the record, you're in the shadows of Brian Denny right are. now. I was told I was talking off. politics. You're taking I don't know much off. about the sports ball. <laughs> if I had any criticism, and it would be very rare of my good friend Chris Starwell, a pocket passer does not get back and run around. He gets oh. back there and stays there under pressure. That was the only fair, a fair, a fair, fair comment. All right. By the way, uh, there is more fallout from Florida State's uh, omission from the college football playoffs. Now the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, jumping in the fight, saying that the state is uh, getting ready, potentially, to put in money for lawsuits. I don't think there would be anything that where they could get relief prior to the tournament, obviously, but in terms of uh, going forward, and I don't know if there is, but what we decided to do We're setting aside a million dollars for any litigation expenses that may become as a result of this really, really poor decision by the college football playoffs to exclude an undefeated team. Uh, we talked about this on the show the other day. What, what's this all about? You take you, and you I, you think I, Congressman DeSantis might not have done this? Not might not have been afforded. This is populism. This is what it is. If you want <laughs> if you want an example of a difference between conservatism and populism, this is it in a nutshell. It's a microcosm. It's a million dollars. It's nothing, right? But this is not the state's business, right? If, if Florida State wants to do something, they can. I recognize they're a state school, but you don't put taxpayer money towards this. Um, but you do it because people like it. It might move you up a couple points in the and, polls. And Mick's point is spot on because Galesburg, Illinois, again, I cheered for that <laughs> football the team. references. But, but we spent money on a massive football stadium, and we didn't invest in our education. We are one of those locations that lost jobs, lost manufacturing. We don't have the entrepreneurship base to take over in too many cases. And that is the wrong investment. I, I don't understand. Give the got taxpayers got any, a million bucks. You got any issue with the governor doing this? Uh, my little sister went to Florida State, so I think if she's watching <laughs> and I she don't would, back the governor on this, I'm going to be in trouble. So right. don't, don't know. All right. Well, uh, coming up uh, just a couple months ago, he was the Speaker of the House. But now he's saying goodbye to Congress. Why Kevin McCarthy is done. And what does it mean for Republicans in the House going forward? That's coming up after the break. Plus, did you hear what both Donald Trump and Joe Biden said yesterday? One of them talking about day one in the White House, while the other raised questions about why they are in the presidential race to begin with. And we will have more coverage of tonight's GOP debate here in Tuscaloosa, only on News Nation. The Hill, back in a few. All right, welcome back here to The Hill on News Nation, live once again from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, Bryant Denny Stadium in the background, the quad there in the middle of your screen where we are live once again ahead of 
tonight's GOP debate, two hours and 30 minutes from now here on News Nation. Well, uh, some news, by the way, in Washington today, some pretty big news uh, from the House, essentially to no job at all, at least politically. It's just over two months since uh, he was ousted as a Speaker of the House, and now Kevin McCarthy is leaving Congress altogether. The former House Speaker announcing today that he will not be running for re-election, and, by the way, he's going to be leaving his job at the end of the year. Today I am driven by the same purpose that I felt when I arrived in Congress. But now it is time to pursue my passion in a new arena. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. That's a wrap. That's a wrap indeed. Uh, you know, he, he was like, two months ago, he was running the, running the show for Republicans, and now he's gone. Is this a transition? Is this a new era? Is this, uh, you know, emblematic of what's going on? The two answers to the question. There's the professional answer, which is you don't go from being Speaker of the House to being a, a rank-and-file member of the House, which is what he was looking at, at doing. Nancy Pelosi the more Well, she's, she's yeah. Speaker Emeritus, and she's still, she's still well-regarded and so forth. She didn't get kicked out, right? Okay. The human part of it is what's, what's driving this, which is he's just angry, and he's right to be, do so. He was, he was treated very, very poorly as a person, and I think he just got sick and tired of it and wanted to go. I think the music is a little melodramatic, but he's from California, so that's the way it goes. <laughs> but you can't blame him if he doesn't want to stick around after he was treated the way that he was. He's taking a shot at I, your I, own he, state. He's taking <laughs> a shot at California. But no, yeah. it, it In a good shows, kind of way. No, one thing I would say, though, is, you know, he, what has he gotten done? I mean, that's the question, right? He must be frustrated. Because he came into the speakership with plans, and instead he got ousted. And I don't think that the Republicans have managed to get well, much he more. He was never going to get much done anyway with a de- Republican House and a Democrat Senate. The best but you have to, to try is... to hold the administration accountable. And they were doing that with the oversight. The oversight's going on. And it's listen, we're, later on the show, later on next week, we're going to talk about the impeachment. You're going to say they shouldn't be doing that, but they're, they're doing that. What? That's yeah. what they... That's what they could do. What do you make of it? I think the big question is, so how do Republicans try to keep the House? How, how do they run? How does the NRCC, the, the campaign committee for the Republicans, how do they run without McCarthy, who raised like $21 million in the first six weeks whenever he was Speaker? Uh, nobody in the House can raise like Kevin McCarthy. And so um, whomever is the next Speaker, whether it's a Republican or Democrat, it's going to be a tiny, thin majority. Uh, so you're going to need to raise a ton of money in these key states, especially the states where Republicans did well, uh, New York, California, we were all together on an election night watching that happen. So that's the, the big question is how do you convince voters that the Republicans have something compelling to offer in the House? McCarthy's exit, by the way. One thing we discuss uh, in my new newsletter. Ooh. We're doing the thing. It launched today. Decision Desk 24, Blake Berman's campaign view. If you want a slice of the show in your inbox, subscribe with the QR code on your screen. There it is. Uh, by the way, you're in the newsletter, Stirewell. You're in the newsletter, Mulvaney. I don't know if you tuned I was going to even know Hello. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, their thoughts. We, we bring the show to you and to your inbox. So what, you're, what you're saying is that a person could watch you. They could read you in the morning, watch you here, and then listen to you on Sirius XM. Trifecta. That's a full Berman saturation. The I'll That's take the it. I'll super take Berman. It. Isn't there a full Ginsburg? We can't yeah, have this a, is the full Berman. Full Ginsburg is music exactly. all the Sunday shows. Full Berman exactly. is the right. new everything exactly. like. You have me blushing. I'm going to stop. Let's move <laughs> Saturation on. Berman. Donald Trump uh, raising eyebrows with some comments about what his potential return to the White House could potentially look like. During a, a recent interview, the former president even went as far as saying that he would act like a dictator when he takes office. Watch. 
you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator, okay? All right, so Democrats are jumping all over that soundbite. What do we make of it? So this is, uh, we're doing microcosms today. This is a microcosm of the Trump media phenomenon. So Trump uh, says this. Democrats right now, a lot of people, a lot of conservatives even, are very concerned about the authoritarian bent in Donald Trump. They're upset about this. So he trolls them with this. He says this, right? Oh, I'm not going to be right. a dictator. Just one day, one day. <laughs> okay, but some people Can might say, come on, Starwald, he's not trolling. Well, no, no, no. So this is what I'm saying. This is, this is the, the media genius about Donald Trump. So he says it. It terrifies Democrats. Yep. And when the criticism comes and they say, you can't say that, you are a dictator, then Republicans go, oh, he's just kidding. He's just joking can, around. Can, it's you imagine, can you imagine if Barack Obama said, I'm just going to be a dictator on day one, what Republicans would say? How many times did Obama have a throwaway fun line? This he is, didn't this is Donald say, Trump. I'm going to be a dictator Star-Royd, on Star-Royd's day one. exactly right. This, he's getting the exact response he wants out of you right now. That's but why he does this. Look, is, this is how he does it. I think we need to listen to these candidates and believe what they say. And when he says these things... Somebody, you know, you guys, you guys worked for him, and yeah. it, anybody who turns against him yeah, is on the. I want to work in Morgan because I just say I'm a lot out. more concerned about the fact that as we sit here, uh, the Houthis are shooting ballistic missiles at our ships. Uh, we have over 75 attacks against U.S. military personnel. The world is on fire under President Biden. So excuse me if I don't care about a quip that the former president made last night, because what's more concerning is the fact uh, that we have war and chaos on almost every major theater on this planet because of a weak and failed president. All right, well, speaking of a quip, uh, President Biden also facing scrutiny for comments of his own. At a fundraiser, uh, the president told donors, quote, if Trump wasn't running, I'm not sure I would be running, but we can't allow him to win. Now, just hours later, the president went before the camera to, to address those comments it's, you know, he doesn't really go before the cameras after, you know, events like this fairly often. But yesterday, he clearly felt the need to do so. Here he was. Would you be running for president if Trump wasn't running? I, I expect so. But look, he is running and I just I have to run. Johanna? Well, look, I, I was part of putting pool reporters in those fundraisers because often candidates will say things that you need to have on the record because otherwise your donors are going to release it. I do believe that he is running because Donald Trump is running, but I also don't know like that he would step back because Donald Trump wasn't running. He's always wanted to be president since he was, you know, in his 20s and so he's continuing. I we have other candidates and we should have looked at them like Mark Kelly, but we won't. Is I love how Steyerwald's sitting back and just like <laughs> These politicians. Uh-huh. No, what I'm uh, I'm sitting back so you can <laughs> talk, talk to each to other. You. Okay, all right. Maybe I misread but, your body language. But I, I I think the thing to bear in mind: the people who are concerned about Donald Trump's authoritarian streak are not making it up. They're not lying. They're not saying something that they don't believe is true. They sincerely fear mm-hmm. Donald Trump. And the point of the huge freakout that we have seen in the pages of The Atlantic and The New York Times and other places, warning of the coming Trump dictatorship, is a reflection of a sincere anxiety that they have. Joe Biden shouldn't be running for president. He's bad at it. He's too old for it. He's making an apology to the Democratic Party and saying, I'm sorry I have to do this, but I think I'm the only person that can stop this guy. All right. Uh, Well, much of the Republican fire at tonight's debate, at least potentially, could be directed at President Biden. Uh, The comments from yesterday have left some 
puzzled about his re-election message. You just heard us talking about it. Uh, joining us now is the last Democrat to win statewide office here in the state of Alabama. He is, of course, the former Senator Doug Jones, a supporter of President Biden. Senator Jones, thanks for being here with us on the Hill uh, in the spin room there, as, as we can see, as we are now uh, two hours and 22 minutes until the debate. So the president made the comments. He then had to go out before the cameras again last night and sort of talk about it. Um, does, does that confuse the message at all? No. I mean, look, this has been, this is not news, guys. I mean, every politician, every candidate does exactly what Joe Biden did. He did it in 2020. He looked and surveyed and saw what Donald Trump was doing to this country. He didn't like it. He saw uh, what happened in Charlottesville, Virginia, in the president's comments. He looked around the field and says, I have something to offer to the American people. There were questions about his age at that time. He made his case to the uh, Democratic electorate. He made his case to the American people, and he, got, and he won. He did the same thing here. This is not unusual. Whether he would have run or not, I think he would have. I've known him for 45 years. I think he would have because he has done the job he set out to do uh, as president of the United States. You know, you're in the spin room right now. Um, I, I wonder what, what, you're, what you're keying in on tonight. What, what, when Democrats think about this debate tonight, what are you looking for? You know, unfortunately, what I'm looking for is probably not going to be seen. I'd like for uh, these candidates to talk about something other than Donald Trump's agenda uh, and the fact that he may be a loser. I'd like to hear their very specifics about this. I think Elizabeth Vargas said that to one of our local uh, news outlets the other day that in the previous so-called debates, and I say so-called, it's not really a debate when you don't have the front runner here. Um, you know, these, these candidates have taken pot shots at each other. Uh, they've tried to bully each other. One called another one scum. I mean, it's just, it's not been uh, the way you would expect uh, for policy and trying to move uh, the country forward. So I'd like to see that, but I don't expect that, uh, to see that tonight. I don't expect a, a whole lot from this. People are vying to try to figure out how they can make a mark. That's, the odds are, and you guys know this, the odds are overwhelming at this point that none of the people on this stage are going to be uh, the nominee for president of the United so, States. So, uh, yeah, to some and we extent, talk about them being, you know, what they're doing. We, we talk about them being the four main challengers at this point in the primary to Donald Trump. But if you live uh, in a world or at least it, talk about it as, you know, if Trump is the nominee um, and if. If the 46th president and the 45th president are the nominees, right, and you go forward, you look at the polling right, um, right now, uh, Senator, and, and it shows Donald Trump winning in the swing states, in the states that matter. Um, and, and I wonder how concerning that is for you right now at this point in time. Not, not a bit. The only polls that are, are people are paying attention to, really, other than the media, the media pays attention to every poll that comes out for some reason, but the only polls that are matter are the ones that are in front of the Republican voters right now about who their nominee is going to be, because in January, they're going to start selecting that nominee. The polls for the presidential race in November mean absolutely nothing. We're not even completely sure, although I think it's pretty clear right now that it will be a Biden-Trump matchup. Uh, but the fact is they, uh, that right now when somebody asks somebody, how are you going to vote in November, they catch them on a bad day. It's, any, it's, an, um, it's just a quick response. And it really hasn't been thought through. And the messaging hasn't been truly sinking in for a year during the focus of a campaign. That's what's going to do. Because in the next few months, you're going to see the contrast between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. The contrast between chaos and an administration who is 
returned us to a spot in the world with our allies uh, where we can defend democracy, where we can bring jobs to this country. So I think once they start focusing on the choices, um, it's going to be pretty clear that Joe Biden will be reelected. So, Senator Jones, i uh, got to leave it there. Thanks for joining us here on the Hill as, as uh, we're in your home state. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. Yep, uh, you were shaking your head and writing down notes. A, a couple things. I mean, he's, he's got he's to say what he said, right? He's talking about chaos versus defending democracy. You're going to hear that ag- again and again for the next year or so. But he's wrong about, not, about ignoring the polls. There are polls that the Democrats are watching and should be watching. And they're the approval ratings on Joe Biden and whether or not the country's headed in the right direction. That, more than anything, speaks to the viability of any president running for re-election. Right now, Biden is getting crushed in those polls. What are you looking for tonight? Just uh, I know we uh, only got a, a couple more, only got a couple more minutes to hang out with y'all. So curious what you're what you're looking for tonight. Well, I think as we started off the segment, I think you're going to see Haley and DeSantis probably go at it a little bit more as they try to say. Uh, and, and Haley made the case by getting the big AFP endorsement by saying I'm the one to take on Donald Trump. And so uh, neither one of them can make a case to take on Donald Trump as long as they're both in it. So that's where I think the fireworks. They really haven't been between the two of them. I expect to see it between the two of them. Morgan is right about some of the vulnerabilities she pointed out earlier. We've got more about a quarter of our antibiotics that we're dependent on from China. We've got so many issues with global supply chain. We've got so many various conflicts that we're going to come about. So I am curious how these candidates are going to address those real challenges. And I think you're going to see News Nation shine because they're going to ask those kinds of tough questions. Well, I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I mean obviously. <laughs> Um, I'm just so proud of my colleagues. I'm so proud of all the work that's been done here. And, you know, the great thing, I hate to be corny about this. I'm corny about it all the time. But the privilege to live in a republic includes duties and responsibilities for citizens. And I believe that we have met our, uh, the, uh, the demands of that moment. And we have a good debate. We have a serious debate. We have an interesting debate. We have an important debate. And I'm proud of it. Johanna, Chris, Morgan, Mick, fun as always. Uh, on the other side of the break... It'll, I'll be joined by Chris Cuomo and Leland Vittert, what they are looking for in tonight's GOP debate, which is about two hours and 15 minutes from now, 8 o'clock Eastern, right here on News Nation, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. A live look inside the hall. We'll be back on the other side. All right, welcome back here to The Hill on News Nation, live from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, on a beautiful uh, Sunday. That's that's the bell behind us, Bryant Denny Stadium. Uh, as we are in the shadows of here, just a little uh, little more than two hours to go until the tussle in Tuscaloosa here on News Nation. Want to bring in my News Nation colleagues, Chris Cuomo, sitting here alongside me. What's up, my man? Just sitting here staring at you. Oh, okay, okay. No, you've I'll been take doing it. you've been doing a great job. Thanks, buddy. I, um, I like the tussle in Tuscaloosa. Corny or good? I can't. I, I can't. Strong. One of the one of our producers on the on the team call today. Came up, mentioned it. I said, that was mine. I came up with that. And they said, no, I came up with that. So I guess I'll own it. Tell Rule number it. one, the anchor always came up with <laughs> there it. you your go. idea. There you go. All right. Uh, Leland, Leland Vitter, you out there somewhere, too? I think he's inside uh, the debate hall. Hello, Leland. Um, let's start with yes. you both, uh, Chris. Uh, it, it is, I here. can attest that uh, it is happening. It's real. It, 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 it is happening. It is behind you. Um, what are you looking forward to tonight, Chris? 
I am uh, looking forward to obviously working with all the great colleagues, yep. you, Leland, the whole extended team to kind of give America a good look at what politics is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, a debate that matters on the issues that matter to them. And this is their last shot, yeah. these four, before they go into the holy days uh, to make their pitch to donors about why they could be the horse. So it's all on how they perform tonight. A lot of pressure, and that's great to watch. I keep saying, you know, it's five weeks to Iowa, but it's really not. Because nope. you got the holidays in between, people, you know, folks check out. And then, like, it's the new year, and, and bang, Iowa, New Hampshire, uh, it's before us. Leland, what, what are you looking towards? Better microphone connection here going on. Um, the, the issue... You got me, bud? Yeah, I do. Oh, we have my a there issues. We the issue oh, here there we is go. go for it. Yeah, the, there we go. The the issue the issue here is how we're going to look back on tonight and why tonight is so important, which is that if someone other than Donald Trump becomes the nominee, that means if someone's going to win Iowa or somebody is going to win New Hampshire, and everybody's going to go, how did that happen? Because Trump was so far ahead, they will look back upon tonight right now and say it started in Tuscaloosa. You had that idea, the tussle in Tuscaloosa. This is how uh, this will begin. This is where the momentum. For Vivek Ramaswamy, for Ron DeSantis, for Nikki Haley, will begin that will launch them on the path to that surprise win in either Iowa or New Hampshire. You know, the, the conventional um, question or thinking might be don't they have to go after Donald Trump, right? He's not here. He's, he's running, he's former president running, running far ahead of them all. But I wonder if what we're going to see tonight is actually Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley going after each other, trying to say, you know what, I'm the best positioned one to take them on in January, February, Super Tuesday, and beyond. You have an interesting dynamic. One, you have a culture within the party that, no, you don't go after Donald Trump. uh, Because primary voters are the most zealous voters. Uh, They are the biggest percentage of Trump's base. So it hasn't worked well. Governor Christie is, is trying that. He's gotten some traction. I think he's getting it despite that. Now, in terms of your very good point about who's going to go after whom, I think tonight we're going to see less of that okay, than really. we saw in the past because uh, a, a mix of reasons. It hasn't really worked. First of all, going at Nikki Haley has come at a price. Right. Okay, yeah. So uh, they're learning that lesson. I think you're going to see people who are going to carve lanes tonight that they say are uniquely their own. What are those lanes? We'll see. Leland? Great points uh, from Chris in terms of what their lanes are. Nikki Haley's lane is going to be foreign policy, everything she's going to try to bring back to foreign policy. Ron DeSantis, uh, if you want to think about this a little bit uh, like the Yellow Brick Road and Wizard of Oz, he's looking for something different. Ron DeSantis is looking uh, to be liked, to somehow get over the, the, the smile issue and the issues that have plagued him through Iowa as voters have gotten to know him better and liked him less. Chris Christie, I think Chris made a very good point. He's looking for relevancy. Why is his candidacy that's been so anti-Donald Trump uh, mean anything? Because he hasn't gotten traction with that message. Vivek Ramaswamy needs his momentum back. Uh, He was saying things that were interesting a couple of months ago. And when we did that town hall, uh, there was something about Vivek that that captured an anger and a feeling uh, in the Republican Party that's dissipated. How does he get that back? We saw him go after Ronna McDaniel, the chairwoman of the RNC, in the last debate. Uh, Ron will be with us in a few minutes uh, to talk about that moment and sort of how this field is shaping up and how in tune the Republican National Committee, the RNC, who's putting this on, is with the Republican primary voters. So 
just, just for the folks at home, the, the building that Leland is, is sitting in right now is the, is the Frank Moody Music Hall. That's basically where the Alabama marching band practices uh, music uh, and the like. He, he's in a concert hall right now, and so that's where the debate is taking place. I don't know if we have the, the drone shot, uh, but where we are, where Chris and I are sitting, is, I don't know, a handful of, or so blocks away uh, in the shadows of Bryant-Denny Stadium here on the quad, the middle of the campus of the University of Alabama. And the reason why I bring that up, no matter where you are, Chris... There's an electricity here yes. on campus ahead of this And debate. some of it is coming from the heaters that are going to keep you alive. <laughs> it is cold. I because mean. it is chilly in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But you know what? It's going to heat up when they get in there. And let me tell you, a little inside fact. Yep. They're holding it in that hall that is acoustically designed. Yep. It's going to make a difference in terms of the crowd because they're going to be able to hear in the back better than usually in different forums. Leland, thank you. Chris, thank you. You guys are going to take it from here. That is it for The Hill. I'll catch you tomorrow.